This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Time to talk. Actually, we talked a bit of money today. Actually, we we're just hearing about that Ponzi scheme, Mary. I don't know if you listened to that on the yeah, way in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah. Here I quoted you. If it's too good to be true, avoid it. Yeah. Look, I mean, there is a real lesson in that. In that, people quite often think that sophisticated investors won't get caught in scams, and actually, they quite often do. Um, and in this case, you know, they were, you know, lawyers and accountants and all sorts who were recommending it to their friends. Yeah. And, and as Hamish said, you know, you can't just because you trust someone doesn't mean it's good because they might be being conned. And We've talked uncommon. about that before, eh? Yeah, we have. Because tips yes. from friends yeah. seem so appealing. Yes. Particularly yeah. with that FOMO, right? Yes. Like if, if somebody yeah. you know is getting this big return, you don't want to be the one who missed no. out. No, and and look, sometimes that'll be right. They do, in fact, get a really good return and you did miss out. You know, it's, mm. Let's be honest about it. And that kind of brings us nicely into what I wanted to talk, to, talk about today because it, it just seems to me lately... Everyone I'm talking to, you know, whether it be friends or or someone in a shop or something like that, they're all talking about whether they should be rushing into the housing market, mm. um, either as a first home buyer or as an investor getting a rental property. Uh, and it's just starting to feel... Some people are talking the word bubble about house prices at the moment. I don't know... I don't know what's going to happen to house prices. Um... But I, I maintain you should always invest in a way where it doesn't really matter that much if right. a crash comes. Mm-hmm. And um, so talking to both first-home buyers and investors, let's have a sort of look at what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, the market's gone mad because um, earlier this year house prices were expected to go down. Um, you know, when COVID first hit, it's extraordinary to think about now, but... Th- I think every economist was saying house prices are going to mm-hmm. go down. The average was about 10%. There were you know, some people predicting even more than that. Um, but in fact, the, the recent data shows they're up 15% from a year ago, house prices around the country, and sales are up 30% from a year ago. So the market's just, you know, a heck of a lot's happening, and I think that's driven by people who are worried they're going to miss out, and so they're leaping onto the, to use another horrible cliche, leaping onto the bandwagon. Um, and meanwhile, the government, I mean, there, there are things happening bet- between the government and the Reserve Bank and Treasury and so on. We've got loan-to-value ratios coming in again from March 1st, and some of the banks are in already, ANZ's already increasing the percentage, well, how how big a deposit you've you've got, mm-hmm. basically, for investors from 30% to 40%. So, um, that that is all already happening, <clears throat> and then they're talking about debt to income ratios being considered as well. So there are ways that um, the government's looking at curbing demand, and, and you know they might or might not work. I'm not an economist; mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think people need to, whatever moves they take from now on, they need to keep in mind that house prices might go down. It might be because of what the government's done. It might be just because the market's just got too mad anyway. Mm. And 
I mean, everyone, we're all nodding our heads around the place and saying there's no way my house is really worth one and a half million or, wa- mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, that the, the, the price is being asked. So when you look at the last time that sales, house, the volume of house sales was this high, was back in 2006 and 2007. And then look what happened. That was led to the global financial crisis. And um, house prices then went down about getting on for 10% in New Zealand mm. after that in 08, 09, around that period. People just forget that. I mean, so many people say house prices never go down. And I've got a graph he- here that shows that since 1990, house prices in New Zealand went down, have gone down five times. On five different occasions, five different years, house prices fell. Um, Admittedly, not terribly much, usually, although in 1990, as I say, it was getting on for sort of 19%. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite a lot. Um, So where does that leave, firstly, first-home buyers? Um, I'm saying, I was saying in the Herald just recently, I think maybe a lot of them might be best just to wait on the sidelines and keep saving. The, the, the trouble is they're going to hate me because, you know, six months from now prices will be even higher and they'll mm. say, I waited because Mary suggested I waited and, and the prices have gone on up. But I just can't believe they're not going to either level off for a long time or actually fall. And I don't know when. But it just feels like that, that could happen. Meanwhile, any first-home buyers who do go in and buy, my message to them would be don't panic if house prices go down after you've bought, mm. you know, because that's a danger for people now. Let's say a first-time buyer goes in and buys a $600,000 house um, and, you know, a year later it turns out to be worth five hundred or five fifty. That's a kind of situation, and, and in some cases it could even go down to below what their mortgage is, and that's the kind of situation that can make people panic. But don't. If it's your own home, just hang about. Uh, they, they come back up again. You know, you've possibly been through house price falls. I certainly have mm. um, in, in my life. And your own house goes down a lot and you just... It doesn't matter, actually. It doesn't if you're a first-home <coughs> buyer because it... I mean, and that refers to what you were talking about earlier. You're buying in a situation where the ups and downs don't really affect you. So long yes. as they don't go down below a point where the bank starts asking for their house back, yes. um, you're staying in but, there. You're housing yeah. yourself and your family, so what do you care? Yeah, and and it's very hard to imagine banks starting to ask people uh, for their house back unless you just stop your mortgage payments or something like that, and that's when foreclosures happen. But Mm. as we've seen in in the COVID crisis earlier this year, the banks were pretty keen to find other ways for people to get around the problem Mm. of not being able to pay their mortgages for a while. And banks don't like to foreclose. It it doesn't do their reputation any good and it costs everybody a lot of money Mm. and, you know, it's just not a not a good thing to happen. So as far as first-time buyers go, I would say either, you know, consider just waiting around for a while um, or, and if you do get in and then prices go down, relax. It won't won't be that bad. As far as investors go, though, it's it reminds me of the um, shoe shine mm-hmm. boy that we we've talked about before in New York, where where um, Joseph Kennedy, John Kennedy's father, in just before the nineteen twenty nine share market crash, got out of shares because the shoe shine boy who was shining his shoes said he was talking about what shares to buy, and he said if everybody's in. Uh, then I'm getting out. It means the market's just got 
too silly. Mm. And he was absolutely right. And it's starting to feel a bit that way now that people yeah. are sort of saying, gosh, I, you know, I've got such and such equity in my house, especially because values or prices have gone mm. up and up. Lots and lots of people now have got a lot of equity in their house. It might be, you know, a million or half a million, and they're saying, should I be turning around and buying a, an investment mm. property on the strength of that? Um, and it seems um, risk-free. Well, that's the trouble. There's there's no high return without high risk. And, and when you think about that, if there was, it was an investment that really was offering high returns... But not but low risk, then everyone will get into it. You know why wouldn't we? We all would, and and that would push prices up. The minute everybody's getting into something, that pushes prices up, and that pushes the return down. If you're paying more to get in, mm-hmm. then any return you make selling it again later is going to be less, and it pushes returns down. So there's no, you can't ever get a sustained situation where there's a high return and low risk. And that's what's going on with the property at the moment. People are thinking um, that they can get high return without taking very much risk. Um, I say, you know, well, one one other comment about that. Um, you had Susan St John on the other day, mm. the economist at Auckland University. I know Susan, and I was listening to that, and it was interesting. One of the things that she said was that, that more than 90% of investors in rental property are either making very little out of it or they're making losses out of their house on an ongoing basis. In other words, the mortgage and other expenses are higher than the rent, and so they're losing money or making very little. More than 90%, she mm-hmm. said, some res- research had shown. So nearly everybody is in that situation. The exception's got to be people who have owned rental properties for a long time, and there are people around who have no mortgage on their rental property and they're they're making profit. Mm -hmm. But all these people that are are making losses on their rental property or barely making a profit, if you're making an annual loss, that means you're putting money in from elsewhere. You know, perhaps your work, your salary or, or your other pay that you're putting in to make the whole thing work. And... That's where things start getting worrying because the typical rental owner of a rental property is borrowed to invest and you know they're they're making money, they're making gains on their money and the bank's money, and that's terrific. That's why it's all so wonderful. But it, but if the if they start losing um the, the their job or something like that and they can't maintain putting extra money into the investment to keep it going and they have to sell, that's when things get ugly. And they've, it's happened time and time again back in history. But the trouble is when you lose your job and can't put extra money into the rental property, quite often a lot of other people are in a similar situation. Yes. The economy's going down and house prices are going down. And so people end up selling their rental property for less than their mortgage sometimes. Um that's this really, really horrible situation. That and then you've got to keep on paying the bank off, and you've got nothing to show for it. Mm. Um, and if you've lost your job, you know you might um, just not be able to cope with yeah. that. You know, I mean, I guess there are a few happens. scenarios where that could happen. I mean, the the thing at the moment is it it, it seems as though nothing will force prices down. I was chatting to this about this with a friend the other day, and yeah. Yeah, I mean. 
climate change is one of those things that might have an impact. Rising sea levels, a lot of vulnerable houses in New Zealand. Suddenly people start hearing from their insurer that they're not willing to insure their properties. They try and sell them. No one will buy them because you can't get a mortgage without the guarantee of insurance and suddenly things start looking a little dicey. That's absolutely right. And Mm. and quite a lot of nearly all the big population centres in New Zealand are on the coast. Um, you know, that's historically because that's where the ships could bring the, <laughs> bring the goods and services in and, and so on. Um, the exceptions are Palmerston North and, and Hamilton, but most of the others are on the coast, um, which doesn't mean all the houses are vulnerable, of course, in a place like Wellington. A lot of the houses are pretty high above sea yeah. level on, on the hills. But but nonetheless, you're right, there's, there's enough houses um, prone to flooding from sea level or possibly from rivers because we're getting these freak lot more freak storms now and and so you know inland the um rivers can rise and, yeah. and flood we we seem to have seen more of that lately it seems to me um so there's all kinds of risks that are there in property investing that I just feel people are not fully aware of and um so I don't know do a worst-case scenario. It, mm. It's really important to do that. It's be a big pessimist. Sit down and imagine you lose your job. Another really important factor is, is mortgage interest rates. You know, they're incredibly low now, and a lot of people are saying they've got to got to get higher. So, um, yeah, that's... Have you got some... I do, yeah. yeah Grace's Grace emailed, I really enjoy listening to Mary Holm. However, with her saying she's sure of prices going down, it's plain that economists, financial advisors and bankers and politicians really don't know. Otherwise, why did all of them get the forecast wrong? But I do agree with her advice. Don't panic. You only panic if the cost of servicing your mortgage skyrockets uh, via interest rates. So I think she's saying she may have misheard you when you said that you're sure they're going down. Yeah. Really, you you admitted that you don't know either. I absolutely don't know. No. But you point um, people to the to historic data, which shows yes. that they do yeah, go down they, sometimes. And, I mean, it would be astonishing if they don't go down sometime in the next let's say, 15 years, mm. and, you know, and it could be next year. It could. The, another thing to support that is another graph I've got here of countries around the world, and looking from the global financial crisis, Ireland, Spain, US and Italy all had big house price drops, huge house price drops coming after the global financial crisis. Australia had a bit of a one. New Zealand, as I said, did too, but some of the other countries, and people are always saying, oh, well, we're different from those other countries. Each of those countries is different from one another. You know, each economy is different. And if you look at a graph like that, it feels like, that you know, we can't say that it won't happen here. Yeah, that's all. Um, yeah. I've got another uh, email for you here. Just to let you know, by the way, link three has not been guessed as far as I can see. So I'm going to recommend people look at the albums uh, to try and solve link three today. Two one oh one. If you're a, you'd like to get in touch today, um, Mary uh, Peter from Tauranga says, could you please ask Mary Holm regarding rising house prices? This is a tough question. You might not know the answer to this one, but I'll throw it at you anyway. Is it, is it the house or the land underneath that's going up so much? Now, people say it's mostly the land, don't they? That's what the experts say. I'm not an expert on that. But when you look at the, you know, a, a, an average three-bedroom house in in central Auckland versus in 
um, ratahi, uh, the it's got to be the land mostly. That and, and that's you know the, the real estate thing, location, location, location. The mantra that that's all that really matters. That's about the fact that the land is is what is the main driver of price increases. And I'm getting lots and lots of messages about this. Only I suppose because uh, it's such a big topic of conversation yeah. right now. Everyone's got yes. an opinion. Yeah. Um, is there anything that's it's hard for you to read them all quickly, of course. Yeah. Um, somebody talks about supply and demand, and because yes. we've got a low supply at the moment, what scenario would be forced? What scenario could possibly force a house price fall? We have sort of covered that. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing mm. about that though? Because that's a common point that's made, and it's absolutely valid that supplies down. But there's also, in shares and property, an element of sort of emotional um, sort of panic buying and that, that that pushes prices up. And I would say that those two things are going on with prices. I don't know this, but it just feels that way to mm-hmm. me, having watched it over the years. House prices are going up partly because supply is short. We're short in mm-hmm. supply. But it, above and beyond that, there could easily be another couple of hundred thousand dollars on a house mm-hmm. because of sort of market silliness as well. And so... Um, Might not be reflective. Which is yeah. hard to measure. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Mary. Lovely yes, to have you on. Yes, it's a pleasure, Jesse. Mary Holman talking about uh, house buying and this weird market.